Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Wednesday morning. Happy Hump Day, everybody. It is 7.02 on this Wednesday morning here in the beautiful city of Tucson, and we are live on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, and we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And today's show is going to be a – it's a Wednesday. It's kind of that uh, – uh, the the peak day. So, you, you know, you climb, you climb Monday, Tuesday, you got the Monday reactions. There's usually a lot of stories coming out on Tuesday from not only injuries from NFL and weird news that happens in college football that seems to always happen on a Tuesday for some reason. Then you get to Wednesday, kind of like at the peak, and there's just kind of like waiting for that downhill for Thursday, Friday, and uh, preparing for the, uh, for the football weekend. Uh, so we have a, a lot of different stuff to talk about today. I have a couple of lists that I'm going to share with you guys today. I have my NFL's top ten quarterbacks, as I promised. I was going to do it yesterday, but yesterday became a a real slew of topics and deeper topics that we needed to get into. So I pushed it off until uh, today. I also have my NBA predictions that I'll make today. And I know, yes, the NBA officially season officially started last night. And there was only two games. Ironically, uh, you know, neither of those teams or none of those teams that uh, well, I shouldn't say that none of the teams. One of the teams that played last night will play a, a prominent role in my predictions, but we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on, as I have a little bit of everything for you here in that uh, uh, in that segment coming up. We'll talk some NFL. Of course, we're going to talk Cardinals as we do every single Wednesday here at seven thirty. So coming up in about twenty five minutes, Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider from Arizona Sports, will be joining us to talk. The only undefeated team in the NFL still hanging on to that unbeaten uh, record as the NFL's only unblemished team. And they got the Houston Texans coming up on Sunday, so one would expect that they would continue their winning ways. But then a big showdown with the Green Bay Packers looming next Thursday, just uh, eight days from now, uh, a big matchup against the, uh, the Packers. So we'll talk with Tyler about that. We'll uh, get the overall general health of the team and some of the other stuff uh, that's going on with the Cardinals right now as well. I have other NFL news and notes that we'll talk about. Uh, we, we we talk the NFL every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show, whether it's football season or not. We're going to be talking NFL here. That's what we do. So that's my promise to you. We always talk NFL here on the Jeff Dean Show. Uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs. <laughs> oh, there was some excitement last night, huh? Wow. And, look, I know I said I wouldn't be watching because I was – so distraught and, uh, in, you know, everything upset about what happened in Game 5 of the NLDS. But lo and behold, I'm watching. And I, I wasn't watching. I'm not watching as closely as I normally would because I am still a little quite a bit upset. But I did catch enough last night. I seemed to um, kind of tune in or, or check out what was going on all at the right times as the earlier game. Of course, Braves and Dodgers locked up at 2-2 going into the eighth inning. Um, everything seemed, you know, look, it was, you know, the, the Dodgers were struggling once again, the lineup. And, and, you know, Freddie Freeman finally started hitting. He hadn't hit at all. He had, what, seven strikeouts in the first two games. Um, he was three for four yesterday for the Braves. So things were trending towards the Braves. And then they got into a little trouble 
in the eighth inning, and Cody Bellinger, who, look, you know, what he had 168 this year. I, I can't believe that he even that Dave Roberts even stuck with him as long as he did. But that's what you do with you know with with great players who are just having a really 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 bad season. When I say really bad, I mean epically bad season for Cody Bellinger. But uh, he hit a big three run homer last night. The Dodgers go on to score four in the uh, in the eighth, uh, the bottom of the eighth inning, and then slam the door shut on the Braves in the ninth. So they're back in the series uh, it, where it looked like they may end up going down 3-0 in that series, which I still look. I still wouldn't have bet against them if you I mean, if you would you know given me great odds, maybe I would have bet against them uh, in a 3-0 series. But I, look, you can't bet against a team that's that that's that talented that's put together that kind of a roster. Um, you know, with the money that they've spent on that uh, on that baseball team, both on and off the field, you would expect them to uh, to not get swept by an 88 win team, the uh, the Atlanta Braves. But you never know. I mean, it's you know teams get hot, hot, and uh, uh, have a, a certain chemistry going. But that's not the case anymore. The Dodgers now one uh, you know one win on the uh, on the series, so it's two one Braves going into. Going into the uh, the next game, so we'll talk about that as we preview a little bit of that. It wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of controversy in that game, but there was in the American League Championship Series game, the series that was being led by the Boston Red Sox by a count of two to one, and last night in Boston, look, <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those situations where you kind of let one bad break get to you. And all of a sudden, the floodgates open, and we've seen it in sports happen. You know, we've we've seen it happen plenty of times, uh, obviously. But basically, the 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 events that occurred last night in the uh, in the ninth inning were uh, catastrophic for the for the Boston Red Sox. So in the ninth inning, Nathan Eovaldi's on the mound. Okay, there's two outs. Everything is looking like. You know, it, it's it's going his way. He's got two strikes. He throws a curveball as he's accustomed to. I mean, that's you know, he's a he's kind of a, a jack of all trades. He can throw all the pitches. He's got them all. Um, it was the 268th pitch in the game, and while that normally wouldn't be noteworthy of you know of really any you know consequence, in this particular case, it was. Threw a curveball that kind of tried to backdoor against the against the left-hander, and. He, you know, Jason Castro's at the plate, and he kind of backdoors the the, the curveball, and look from head on. As I'm watching the moment, as I'm watching the game, it didn't look like a strike to me. I thought it was a ball. Eovaldi starts walking off the mound, and I'm like, well, hey, "Hang on, there, brother! Like, don't try to sneak that one by. You just may have barely nipped the black part of the plate with that pitch. Don't just like walk off and act like it was a strike right down the middle." Home plate umpire Laz Diaz does not call a strike. Instead, he calls ball two. So Red Sox fans retreat, you know, back to their booze. Eovaldi retreat, retreats back to the mound. Now, they were talking about it on the, on the broadcast, and, and I'll, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm usually really good at, at being able to pinpoint balls and strikes. That one did not look like a strike to me until the overhead, uh, the overhead trail of the pitch, right? The, 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 they showed the overhead camera of the pitch. And it didn't just catch the black; it caught part of the white, and it was definitely, you know, lower letter 
upper you know upper belly button high so it's right in the middle of that zone you know at the at the top middle of that zone as far as the strike zone so yeah i was like well that's absolutely a strike well he absolutely blew that call and then of course the 269th pitch he fouls off jason castro fouls off and i felt like Eovaldi kind of gave in to him on the next pitch now again you still have to you still have to make your pitches and things like that, and, and they, that's what they went with. And I have to give credit to Jason Castro for getting a, a a big base hit in that moment for the Astros. But I thought Eovaldi kind of, I don't know, he thought he had him out. Then he fouls off a pitch. You can tell he's getting frustrated on the mound, and I, I felt like he gave in to him, just gave him something to hit. Like, just let's just get out of here, I'm, everything will be fine. And you wax one through the right side of the of the infield for a base hit, and then the floodgates open. Because at that point, it was the go-ahead single. The score's 3-2. Okay, a little bit of damage, but it's the Red Sox. I mean, they've been hitting the cover off the ball the entire series. No problem. But then <laughs> everything unravels at that point. The Houston Astros go on to score six more runs in the inning for a seven-run inning sending Red Sox fans home before the bottom of the ninth even came around. As it was 9-2 to two by the time the dust had settled, and it was, uh, <laughs> it was a, a momentous turn of events there. Now that series is even at 2-2. <clears throat> and I thought that um, after the game, I was, I was just going to go on through Twitter before I went to bed last night, and Jeff Passan, of course, does a phenomenal job writing for uh, Major League Baseball and kind of studying these things, he tweeted out, and he had the 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 like the the strike the the uh, the strike and ball counts for Laz Diaz last night. Home plate umpire, this is what he said: Home plate umpire Laz Diaz has missed 21 ball strike calls tonight, according to ESPN stats and info. That is the most of any umpire this postseason. And there's little there's a bunch of green dots and red dots and things like that. Now, he mentions one very specific green dot in this in this whole graphic here, and that is the curveball that would have ended the ninth inning with the score 2-2, the Nathan Eovaldi curveball, which is firmly placed into the upper right-hand corner of the strike zone. Now, Diaz would go on to miss, I believe, three more balls and strikes in that, uh, in that game throughout the rest of the game. Uh, giving him, I think, 24 ball strike calls that he missed, which is, that's, I mean, that's terrible. 24. Now, when they break it down, I, th- I believe what I saw was that there were 12 missed calls for the Astros, 12 missed calls for the Red Sox. So maybe Laz Diaz was just having a bad night and having to do a bunch of makeup calls. That's kind of what it sounds like to me. However, you don't let a makeup call go for the, uh, the, you know, the, the the batting team, the hitting team, when there's two outs in the eighth inning of a tie game or two outs in the ninth inning of a tie game. You 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 let that play out at the plate if the if the hitter wants to offer it that pitch. And look, he wasn't going to because it was a it was a really good pitch. It was a pitch that that almost didn't look like your traditional Evaldi curveball. That's why he didn't offer it. It was just kind of like a like a kind of a, a winding little, almost like a, I don't know, like a like a slurve or something. I don't know. It did it didn't it didn't really move a whole lot, um, and maybe that's why he didn't offer at it. But regardless, it was a strike. Should have been called three uh, strike three, 
and the Red Sox would have been out of the inning heading to the plate in the bottom of the ninth in a 2-2 game, and everything looks different now. I'm not going to sit here and say that the one call in a game four, a, a ball strike call in, in game four of the series is the, 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 you know, the changing, the, the, the series-altering moment for this particular series because they still have probably three more games to play. I don't know if, if one team or the other is going to win uh, each of the next two. I expect this series to go seven. Um, so there's a lot of baseball to be played. There are going to be 300 pitches per game in each of those games as well. So there's going to be tons of uh, tons of pitches, tons of balls and strikes, tons of moments where this series can change. But and, and again, it's not like the Red Sox had the lead. It's not like they could have won the game in that moment. The Red Sox would have still had to come to the plate and played a run in the bottom of the ninth in order to win the game before it went to extra innings. So. It was a it was a different situation, okay, but it's a bad look for Major League Baseball, especially when they continue to say, "Look, we need umpires in the game." Uh, it's the human element. The fan, Red Sox fans and 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 other baseball fans they don't want to hear about the human element when you got a human out there that is dropping literally. I mean, just dropping the ball left and right. Twenty four missed balls and strikes calls. That is that is unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Now, I am a, I'm one of those people. I am a proponent for the human element in baseball. I think it's important to keep human umpires in baseball without having a robot strike zone. Okay? The players at the plate are not robots. It's still up to them to determine whether they want to swing at it or not. This is the postseason. If a pitch is close and a two-strike count, you have to fight for your ability to, to stay in that batter's box. Okay, you have to fight to extend that at bat. That's just that's just part of the uh, part of the, the the nuance of playoff baseball. Okay, you just you, you know you have to do everything you can to extend that at bat. So you you you, know, you let you pitchers make great pitches in the postseason. Hitters have to figure out whether they're going to offer it or not. You have a split second to determine whether or not you're going to swing at it, fouled off, and get a new pitch. Uh, but look to have. To have a, an umpire out there that was plainly blind in determining balls and strikes last night is an embarrassment for Major League Baseball, and it's something that is going to have to be looked at. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Again, I do not want robot strike zones. I don't want a computer determining what's a ball and what's a strike, and having a player have to kind of log into the strike zone of the batter's box and stuff like that to determine because you know the height of the of the pitch matters depending on the height of the player. So again, I don't want that, but something has to be done about bad umpires. Okay, uh, you can't just have Laz Diaz out there changing games with balls and strikes. The NBA is back, and FanDuel is tipping things off by hooking all you guys up with a risk-free same-game parlay bet. All you have to do is place your first same-game parlay bet of the NBA season, and if you don't win, you'll get a refund in site credit. You can combine multiple bets from the same game into one wager for bigger paydays, and you can build your parlay with uh, spreads, money lines, total points, player props, and more. Now, with FanDuel and the NBA, there's a ton of different market options. You can go player point total, rebounds, assists. If we had Steph Curry for a triple-double last night, that would have cashed in huge. There's over-unders. There's point spreads. If you have favorite players, because it is a superstars game, you can create your own 
player-focused parlay. Let's say if you're a big Steph Curry fan and you're like, I think he's going to go off for a triple-double. I'm going to SGP, double digits in points, rebounds, and assists. Boom. There's your SGP. That would have paid off nicely. Uh, There's a chance to put a small bet down and win big, and the odds are high, which result in great payouts, as you know. And if you're new to FanDuel, great. If you're an NBA fan and been waiting for the NBA season to start to get your FanDuel account signed up, awesome. Sign up with my promo code, Dean, and you can get that risk-free bet up to $1,000. Make the most out of the NBA season and download the FanDuel Sports app today to uh, FanDuel Sportsbook app today to make the NBA risk-free. Just use my promo code DEAN so they know that I sent you to give you the right promos and you can start betting and winning today. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Offer ends 10-21-2021. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342. When we return, some news from the NBA last night. A couple of games tipped off the season. We'll talk about that. And we got Tyler Drake coming up in just about 10 minutes as well. Stay tuned. More of this from the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. Quick segment here. Tyler Drake going to be joining us, uh, talking Cardinals in just about eight minutes from now. Be joined and we'll talk some NFL um, last night in the NBA, season tipped off as the Bucks and Warriors were victorious, beating the Nets and the Lakers, respectively. In those games, uh, in the early game, the Eastern Conference game, the Nets shot 53% from the three-point line, but the Bucks destroyed them on the offensive glass, just on the glass period. Uh, they won the offensive glass 13-5. to It gave them more possessions, and by proxy, they took 21 more field goal attempts than the Nets. Now, if you just shoot average, and I mean you can shoot extremely average, which is exactly what the Milwaukee Bucks did. I think they shot like 44% from the field, which isn't great, 38% from three, which is bare-bones average. But when you take 21 more field goal attempts than the opposing team, folks, this is the NBA. You're going to win those basketball games. You're, you're just – even as long as you don't shoot abysmally, and look, the, the Bucks were like 17 of 45 from beyond the arc, which again, not great, but 38 percent. It's, it's you'll take it, right? Um, you, you take that many more field goal attempts because of uh, steals, you know, defensive stops and uh, offensive glass repossessions and such. You're, you're going to win in the NBA, and they did. They beat the Nets, and look, both these teams are extremely talented. They're both expected to be there when the Eastern Conference Finals tip off. Uh, I think most people believe that those are the two best teams far and away in the East, especially with all the problems that are happening in Philadelphia right now with Ben Simmons being sent home from practice yesterday. Um, it's easy to, to see why those two teams will be considered the two tops in the uh, in the East. So fun game for them last night. Both Giannis and KD had 32 points. Um, and uh, multiple and uh, double digits in uh, rebounds. I think they both had 32 and 11, actually, in that game. So uh, great performances by the two megastars in, uh, in that game last night, but it was the Bucks' fundamentals over the Nets' uh, wow factor in that game last night. And in the Western Conference, uh, many people would consider it an upset as the Warriors defeat the Lakers. They come back, they outscore the Lakers by nine points in the fourth quarter to win that game. I mentioned 
that uh, Steph Curry had a triple-double, 21-10-10 last night, opened the season like that. Um, always good to get a triple-double to start your season, so I'm sure that felt good for uh, for Steph. Uh, Clay Thompson did not play in the game. It'll be interesting to see kind of when they work him into the into the rotation and such. But once again, <laughs> I mean, folks, I, I, I don't know how he does it, it was Andre Iguodala who was the difference maker in the game last night. And say it what you know, say what you want about uh, you know about Steph's triple double. Also, Bielka was was phenomenal last night. He had 15 points. He almost had a triple double, 15-11. Uh, no, he, he only had four assists. Never mind. He, I thought he I thought he was close. I thought he had like nine assists, but he had 15 and 11 last night. But a nice game from Bielka. But it was Andre Iguodala off the bench. He was four of seven from the field, two of five from beyond the arc. He made both the free throws that he took, um, had a couple of assists, had a big block shot in the game, played great defense, and his plus-minus in the game was plus eight. That's the difference in the game. Uh, Golden State won by seven. And, look, it was free throw shooting. It basically came down to that. The Warriors were 25 of 30 from the free throw line. The less aggressive Lakers were nine of 19. Now, one thing of note here, pardon me, one thing of note here was the you know we we had discussed you know just how these you know how these superstars were going to work together for the Lakers. Okay, we got AD, LeBron, and Russ. And again, AD and LeBron were both amazing last night. AD had thirty three and eleven. LeBron had thirty four and eleven. LeBron looked like a spring chicken. Um, did have a bunch of fouls, but you know AD was kind of I felt like AD was a little bit. Um, Passive defensively, if you will. But here's a stat for you in this game. Russell Westbrook, and look, I'm one of those people, I like the plus-minus in the NBA. I think it tells a story. I know a lot of people don't like plus-minus. I do like it. Russell Westbrook was minus 23 last night. The Lakers, who were outscored by 21 points in the 14 minutes that Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony shared on the floor. That is the most, or tied for the most, pardon me, that is tied for the most or the worst point differential by any two-man combination in the history of the Lakers franchise. In the history. Also, of note, in the 12 minutes that Westbrook and Malik Monk were on the floor, they were minus 21. Russell Westbrook finished with eight points, four of 13 from the field, did not uh, knock down any of his four three-point field goal attempts, did not attempt a free throw. So there you go. First night experiment, failure. And we'll continue to watch the Lakers. I know a lot of people think they're going to win the West and they're going to go to the finals. I don't see it. I just do not see it. But we got lots of time to discuss that, a really long NBA season. But last night uh, went well for the Bucks and the Warriors, and uh, we have a big slate of games coming up tonight that we'll preview and, of course, my NBA predictions and such coming up in just a little bit. But we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll be joined by Tyler Drake, Uh, of Arizona Sports, talking Arizona Cardinals. He's our Cardinals insider. That's next, right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. All right, it's your chance right now to text to win my tickets to Friday night's game against the Washington Huskies. 
That's right. My personal tickets are up for grabs for you right now. Just text the word Jeff. Uh, that's my first name. Uh, text the word Jeff to 68683 for your chance to win my tickets to the Wildcats and Huskies Friday night at Arizona Stadium. We'll have two winners for you on Friday morning, uh, but it's your chance now to register to win those tickets, your chance to win. Message and data rates may apply. Text the word Jeff to 68683. You have a small window open right now to get those texts in, and good luck. All right, we go out to the phones now to bring on our weekly guest every Wednesday at 7.30. We talk Arizona Cardinals with our Cardinals insider from Arizona Sports. He is Tyler Drake, and he joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Tyler, good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning. Hey, I need to, I wish I could get on that promotion to get some tickets uh, for your seat. <laughs> Brother, I, I get some tickets for you. You want to come to a game, I will get you tickets. I know you and the uh, and the lovely bride will lo- would love to come to a game, and I will get you guys tickets to a game. Or basketball. you want basketball tickets, I'll get you basketball tickets. Wh- whatever you want, man. You're my guy. Hey, love to hear that. Love to hear that. <laughs> hey, speaking of basketball, real quick, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know kind of blow the top off of your uh, your cover here uh, because you're a Kings fan. You're from you're from the NorCal area. You're a Kings fan, and Marvin Bagley and his agent are spouting off right now, and it's like, hey, uh, why don't you play a game? Um, and like maybe like stay healthy for more than half a season before you start saying that uh, we're being mistreated and we should have been given a contract extension and all this other stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the hey. But you know what? I'm used to it. It's the life of a Kings fan. Uh, it just it's it, it's it's torment. It's just every day is a nightmare as a Sacramento <laughs> Kings fan. I'll just tell you right now. I, I don't know why I, my parents ever did it to me to get me hooked on them. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I think I think small ball will pay, will pay okay for you guys this year. I think I think small ball is the way to go for Luke, to be honest. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk some Cardinal football. We didn't come here to talk Wildcats or uh, or Sacramento Kings basketball. That's for sure. Um, let's talk about the win first of all. Look, the Cardinals go into Cleveland. There's a COVID outbreak two days before the trip. Uh, the coach, you know, the head coach has to stay home. Quarterback coach has to stay home. You're playing without Zach Allen and Chandler Jones, two of the best pass rushers on the team. Uh, the, the the secondary is still banged up. You're playing without your starting center and Rodney Hudson, the guy that you brought in, uh, the Cardinals brought in as a free agent this year to anchor that offensive line. And, you know, you give up a, they give up a lucky touchdown on a Hail Mary to end the half. Otherwise, it's a 30-point blowout, just like we all expected, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that says a lot about just this team. I, I mean, I was one of those people that I, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know how the, how the play calling was going to go, how they were going to be able to function without Ronnie Hudson on top of having all those guys out with COVID. And, man, they really answered the, answered the call, and, and it's just it, – it's. Yeah, I, I was among the many that were surprised it was that big of a beatdown with just the adversity that it had to go through for like the last two or three days before the game started. How did they deal with the, the COVID protocols? I mean, obviously it broke right before they jumped on an airplane to go to Cleveland. I mean, we, we literally found out 48 hours before, uh, before they were to head to Cleveland you know, that all this was going to be happening. What were what were some of the things that, that the Cardinals have discussed about COVID protocols and how they figured this whole thing out? Yeah, so uh, right after Cliff talked to us, I, I'm pretty sure that's when he went and tested and then he got the positive. And, and from there, it was kind of the, the good thing about him testing positive so late was that the game plan was pretty much set. Everything was going to be called the way it should be called. It was just the matter of who was going to do the procedural stuff, who was going to give the the play calls out. So 
from what I heard from uh, assistant wide receivers coach uh, Spencer Whipple, who took over play calling duties, and from Vance Joseph, who was the acting head coach, and Jeff Rogers, who's a special teams guy, uh, you know, they all met Friday and really kind of Friday night and really ironed out the rest of the offense, the game plan, and, uh, you know, just went from there. They, they felt like uh, they, they were kind of leaning on each other, it kind of seemed like. And, and, you know, the biggest thing was that Spencer Whipple came in and, and really didn't bat an eye from what everybody said. And, and you could really tell, like, he seemed uh, cool, calm, and collected, like Tyler said, after the game, too, with the play-calling duties. Well, it all went well for the Cardinals. I mean, there's, uh, to be honest, there's really not much to discuss because, look, it was an absolute beatdown from the get-go. They scored on five of the first six, six possessions of the game. Um, they Cleveland just didn't have an answer for anything offensively or defensively for the Arizona Cardinals. And the Browns were, you know, banged up enough as it was themselves. But, you know, playing at home and, and not nearly as much adversity as Arizona Cardinals, I mean, look, this team is is for real. I mean, we've seen them win in so many different ways. I I just I, I can't imagine there being a, you know a, a different scenario where they can you know they could look at themselves and say oh you know we haven't faced anything like this before. It looks like in the first six weeks of the season they've pretty much seen it all. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing I keep going back to is that they they've been they blew out teams and yeah that was great and then all of a sudden they got that gritty win over San Francisco which really spoke a lot about that team and then. Last week, they doubled down and, and came out and did that. I mean, yeah, it's exactly what you said. I mean, they've faced about every piece of adversity you could uh, go against right now. I mean, losing Rodney Hudson, I think, hasn't been talked about enough just because how vital that guy is to everything running the way it should. Uh, you know, Max Garcia came in and was a, was a decent backup, but, you know, you could see there was a couple miscues. But for the most part, yeah, I mean, they hung in. Everybody's kind of just picking each other up and, and having that next man mentality like everybody always says, but you're really seeing it right now. Tyler, what's the what's the vibe around Cardinal camp right now? Because, look, I mean, I know the Texans are coming to town and all that kind of stuff. The Texans are terrible. They just, they, they just got their absolute blo- doors blown off this past weekend. But then, of course, Cardinals get to stay at home for that big Thursday night matchup against the Packers. In college football, we would call this a trap game. I don't know what you call it in the NFL, but what's the what's the mood like at Cardinal Camp right now? You know, I think the I think the trap game stuff came came out with that Jacksonville game, and and you know, I think everybody kind of sees this team as kind of taking every game one at a time, and that's that's every single person talks about it, one game at a time, one game at a time, and you know, that's really cliche. That's how every NFL team probably wants to operate, but. You know, it just speaks to what they're doing and speaks to that culture. And, yeah, you know, I, I don't think they're overlooking them, especially with J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins having a uh, little bit of, I, I don't know if you want to call it revenge game, but almost. But, yeah, let's just call it revenge game. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's the Texans. And, and, like you said, they're not very good. I think, what, Cardinals are favored by, what, 17 points maybe? Yeah, 17 so, and a half. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. And, I, and I'm telling you right now, I, I don't. Or I could see DeAndre Hopkins getting a ton of looks just to give him a little bit of a "Hey, look what I'm doing now" kind of thing. And and JJ Watt, maybe we'll see a megawatt package out there. Who knows? I, I think they're going to put some extra wrinkles in there just so those guys get a little extra, little extra boost. Yeah, and and you know Cliff is the kind of coach that will allow that kind of thing. I mean, he's a very much a player's coach. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. Yep. 
you look at you look at the Cardinals and and you know the way the team was constructed. It's almost like well, you know, they don't need to add anything; they'll be fine. There are plenty of other teams out there that are dealing with adversity, injuries, and things like that. The Cardinals are going to be fine; they're undefeated. Uh, they they've only played in a couple of close games really this season. But then they go out and add Zach Ertz, who I know a lot of people were like, oh, you know, what has he done? Well, the problem is, is he's been completely disgruntled in Philadelphia recently. Management in Philadelphia isn't very good. They're turning things around, but it hasn't been good over the last couple of years. And so they bring in Zach Ertz. And I, I mean, I got to be honest, like this, that's a huge coup for Cliff Kingsbury, for Steve Kime, and for this organization. Yeah, yeah, it's big. I uh, In May, you know, he was one of the guys I thought they might want to target just because Dallas Goddard was going to be the guy in Philly. He seemed like he wanted to get out of Philly just because he wasn't getting used a lot. And then it came out that he kind of made amends with the team, and they were all good. So in my, uh, I had a recent story published, and I actually took him off at the last second. <laughs> and I'm still kicking myself about it because I had him right up there at the top, and I was like, oh, man, everything's going great. But, yeah, you know, it's a huge – that's a huge pickup. I mean, Max Williams is great. He did, he did exactly what that what that offense needed from him. But, I mean, Zach Ertz gives you that other playmaker and just, holy cow. I mean, it's like having uh, – I mean, we've seen him in the past do do some really good things for, with Philadelphia. And, and, I mean, it's like having a Pro Bowl offense right now. I mean, they just have so many weapons on that team that it's got to make defensive coordinators just their heads spin. Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports joining us right now. He's our Cardinals insider talking Arizona Cardinal football. And, you you know, you mentioned it. Look, everybody talked about in the in the offseason, the preseason, about the wide receiver room there. Uh, obviously, the addition of Rondell Moore has been great. You know, he's been a spectacular rookie so far. Christian Kirk has emerged into a big-time weapon as well. But, I mean, it's the running game for this team. They are running the football at an incredible clip. They're currently fifth in the NFL in rushing. And both those tailbacks they got, it seems like every time they touch the ball, they're finding open spaces to run through. So what's what's with the running game? Why the resurgence in the running game all of a sudden? You know, I think it's just kind of been the progression that that offensive line has had over the years. I think now not having Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds back there, I mean, they kind of came back last year, I want to say. So having James Conner in there to just kind of bully people around on the goal line has not only helped that run game, but it's also helped limit the uh, usage of pass. He already said he wanted to use him as a luxury. I think he's the perfect happy medium for him right now. But, yeah, I, I think you got to give a lot of credit to that offensive line and just that cohesiveness. And, yeah, I think James Conner really helps just, I think, just really with the culture too. I mean, you, you can tell that he is locked in 100%, and he loves taking those goal line carries. He loves putting somebody in the dirt while he's scoring a touchdown. Tyler, it appears that the Cardinals may have a, a problem uh, a good problem at the linebacker position because Jordan Hicks continues to just be an absolute wrecking machine on the defensive side of the ball. And I was watching extremely closely uh, on Sunday at, at the, you know, the play between both Zaven Collins and Jordan Hicks, and they can both play. They're both playing at an extremely high level. So they've got a bit of a, a problem, a luxury problem, but it is a problem nonetheless What's the future for both of those players, not just for this season, but in the upcoming offseason potentially? So going back to that Zach Ertz trade, this is what really suggests to me. Is, uh, when Zach Ertz was talking to Philly Media, he said that uh, Jordan Hicks was one of the guys that was recruiting him a lot to come yeah. over to Arizona. And for a guy who went through the offseason that he did and t- was told that he wasn't going to be the starting Mike backer, for a guy to do that, that just shows you how all-in he is with the team. 
And, you know, I think it's, it, yeah, like you said, it's a great problem to have just because as much as Jordan's playing out of his mind right now, he's also helping Zayvon a ton. And Zayvon's learning on the fly, and that's only going to help his progression and keep his progression on a steady trend upwards, I think, uh, just moving forward. You know, after the season, who knows really what's going to happen. But, I mean, this year it's, it's, it's the best thing that they could have asked for. Tyler, a lot of people have – got about uh, two minutes here. We, a lot of people have the Arizona Cardinals as the number one team in the power rankings and yada, yada, yada. Uh, we all love to put together lists. Records aside, if, you just, if, if, if there's no records right now in the, in the NFL, if, if everybody's 0-0, are the Cardinals the best team in the NFL? Uh, coming straight for me, I believe so. I think – the adversity that they've had to go through, the people just not having key contributors on the team uh, and, you know, dealing with injuries, I think they really are. I think when this team is fully staffed and fully ready to go, I don't think many teams can compete with them. I mean, I have the Bills up there, but then after watching them get beat by the Titans, that was a, that was a very iffy end of the game and very just, I don't know, very weird game. I don't really – I think the Titans are – very on the, uh, I don't know, middle middle of the road kind of team, but they're still finding ways to win against certain teams. So I, I don't, I think that Bills loss is gonna is gonna hurt them moving forward, and I think that just only helps the Cardinals kind of separate themselves from everybody else. You know, Tampa's still gonna be good, but right now I gotta say I think Cardinals are the best team. The record stands for, uh, speak for itself. You know, how they've won games speaks for itself. I mean, they're putting up thirty something points in every game other than the, the Niner game. So. The offense is there. The defense is stepping up. I mean, you can't ask. You can't really ask for much better. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't salivating, and other people should be. And I, I maybe people don't look as far ahead into the schedule as I do, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't salivating for the penultimate game of the regular season when they travel to Dallas on January second to take on the Cowboys. I mean, that could be an NFC an, an NFC conference championship preview right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And with how Dak's playing, he's playing out of his mind. You know, I thought it was going to be between him, Tyler Murray, and uh, Matt Stafford for the NFC Offensive Player of the Week this week. And, and yeah, Dak won it. And just, yeah, he's killing it. Um, I think that would be a great, great matchup, too. I mean, Cardinals-Cowboys, Cardinals, Cardinals Cowboys, that's that's a great, great home, home rivalry for the Cardinals fans. Oh, yeah. All the Dallas fans that were fans before the Cardinals got here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, Tyler, we appreciate it as always, man. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll keep following you on Twitter for all those updates and such and uh, uh, all the the, uh, the injury updates and whatnot. And uh, we'll talk to you again. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll talk to you again as we get a short week next week. So we'll definitely get ready for uh, for breaking down Green Bay, okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, have a good day. Thank you, Tyler. That's Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports. You can follow him at TDrake4Sports, at TDrake4Sports. Follow him for all the uh, Cardinals information, inside information. He's at practice every single day. He writes a great article for Arizona Sports every single day uh, regarding the Cardinals. He is our Cardinals insider. Joined us every Wednesday at 730. NFL Week 7 is upon us, and FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're going to give everyone a $10 risk-free bet every single week. And tomorrow night's game may be a great opportunity to search out some of those deeper SGPs uh, in the marketplace that you're looking for. Because all you have to do is bet a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more, and if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. Now, Denver is leaving the mile-high air for Cleveland for a clash of orange helmets. 
it was just announced that Baker Mayfield will not be starting at quarterback. So Case Keenum going to be starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. So that may affect what kind of SGP you're looking for. Probably under total points. You may even want to take Denver on the money line. Who knows? There's a lot of different ways you can play it, and the best way to do it is with a, a, a FanDuel Sportsbook SGP because you get up to $10 back if it doesn't win. FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook, and there's no feeling like nailing one of those same-game parlay bets. It's easy to use, the app is safe and secure, and they feature fast payouts. So lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook and get up to 10 bucks back even if your bet doesn't win. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, great. Sign up today, use my promo code DEAN, and you can also receive 30-1 to 1 enhanced odds on the Sunday game we just talked about between the Texans and the Cardinals. Cardinals are a 17.5-point favorite. You get 30-1 to 1 odds. You can win 150 bucks on a $5 bet, but you've got to use my promo code DEAN so that they know which promotion to send your way. 21 and over in President Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay is available for multiple sports in all states and mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342. More after this from the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, you had to expect this was coming. This from a, uh, a, a press release from Nick Rolovich's lawyer. It is a tragic and damning commentary on our culture, and more specifically on Patrick Chun, AD for Washington State that Coach Rolovich has been derided, demonized, and ultimately fired from his job merely for being devout in his Catholic faith. So now we know that, uh, that Nick Rolovich is Catholic. We didn't know that really yesterday. Couldn't confirm it, at least. But we can confirm now, as uh, detailed in the litigation that has now started against Washington State University and their athletic director, Patrick Chun. Now, they're claiming a, basically that he was discriminated against because of his religion. Now, the claims in this, okay, now a lot of people are just going to write this off and be like, oh, what an idiot, and it may be the case. But according to Rolovich and his lawyer, there was a donor trip, a secret donor trip that occurred during the pandemic in July 2020. And apparently the trip, according to Rolovich and his lawyer, showed that the university's deceitfulness about being unable to accommodate Coach Rolovich, even if his religious exemption request had been granted. So Rolovich is claiming that even if the state of Washington had granted him an exemption based on his uh, religious beliefs, that Patrick Chun was going to fire him anyways and was planning on firing him as early as April of this year and basically put it in play. So I, I don't know how you can prove that. <laughs> like, he was going to fire me. I know it. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with that. Uh, look, it's it, you want to stand up for your beliefs and not not get the not get the shot. That's on you. You're you know that's basically choosing not to lead the football team anymore. He knew what he was getting into when he refused the vaccination. Uh, the state of Washington refused the religious exemption, and there you go. So it, you know we are where we are. So good luck to Rolovich on that one. Stay tuned. Just a quick two-minute break. We're right back with our number two here on the Jeff Dean Show, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. 
from the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson, KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tanka Verde, KMXZ HD4 Tucson.